Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to this podcast. I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and today we are continuing the discussion on ADD and ADHD. In fact, the hoax of ADD and ADHD. For 30 years, I've been involved in research on the mind-brain connection, and for 25 years, I ran a clinical practice working with people with all manner of communication and learning problems. And what's become very apparent in this day and age is an absolute over-referral um, rate and diagnosis for ADD and ADHD. In the previous podcast, I actually read the 18 symptoms checklist some checklists that is used to determine and give someone a label of ADD and ADHD. And I mentioned how ridiculous this is because in a few seconds, someone gets a lifelong label that pretty much, you know, playing with someone's future when you cannot do that, when it actually takes hours and, and months of getting to know a person to really work out what's going on in their life. We cannot be reduced to our brain. We're very complex human beings with incredible minds. And having said that, we are, we've reached, almost reached a, a, a plague-like level in, in society where we've become very lazy thinking that, oh, well, I've got a slight issue, I can't concentrate, or I've got some sort of an emotional problem. Instead of dealing with it and doing the hard, good old-fashioned hard work of pushing through, people are becoming dependent on taking a tablet. We can't depend on a pull to fix a concentration problem. We've got to realize that we can't just, because we're not coping now with studying or school's too hard, that we just take a tablet to make us, you know, to make us concentrate. We're starting to rely on substances, on a biological approach to a mind issue. Learning, concentration, focus, paying attention, building your mind. These are mind issues. This is your ability to think and to feel and to choose. And you're a brilliant individual who has, has a unique way of thinking that can do something that no one else can do. I was, I, I've trained thousands of teachers and years ago, I was training a group of teachers in a place in South Africa where I, where I spent a, a large por a portion of my life. Um, and I was training them in these techniques on how to learn, how to understand your unique individuality, how to run a classroom more effectively, how, and really how to build memory. And I remember one teacher standing up and saying, there's a child in my class, Dr. Leave, you have no idea. This person, this child is so stupid. There's no way that this child can learn how to learn. And, you know, for once, I remember being completely almost dumbfounded. I didn't, didn't for once, didn't really, for like a few seconds, didn't even know what to say back. I was so, say back to this teacher, I was so taken aback. And as, as I was formulating my response, one of the other teachers, one of this teacher's colleagues jumped up and said, sir, that child that you call stupid can do something that you cannot do. And it is your responsibility as an adult to bring the best out of that child. You know, that changed my life forever. I mean, this was really quite early on in, in my career when this happened and it forever has dictated, almost been like a driving force behind, behind why I do what I do and helping to recognize that you as an individual, you as a human, a brilliant human, you have a life that you're living and you have context. You have all kinds of things going on. You do certain things, live in certain places, have certain experiences and all of these things contribute to how you are using your mind. So in our current era, this 
we are literally dehumanized. This human context of this beautiful humanity has been removed and we're now being reduced down to just labeled as a disease and you've got this and take this tablet. And and we're seeing this playing out in all the mental health issues. And uh, 30 years ago, learning disabilities was was learning a learning disability or battling to learn or dyslexia. These were not considered mental health problems. These were considered learning issues, communication issues, and they were dealt with in that way. They were dealt with in a way where you studied the person, as I keep on saying over and over again, spend time diagnosing, etc., and then spend time teaching the person how to learn, how to build memory, how to focus, how to concentrate. This is not some quick fix thing. This is not take a pull. We've become very, very lazy as society, as a society, always wanting the next high, always wanting the next quick fix, right down just to the way that we use our cell phones and social media and technology and and you know even the leaders in developing technology they when they designed the iPhone they designed it and they designed it with that pull down push a pull down kind of um, you know you know when you refresh your page that's like a slot machine creating a high quick fix so we in a we are in a society our world currently around us globally is out for the quick fix and we've that in a, along with a very biomedical neurocentric view worldview has made us look at the physical and forget all about the human and we're dehumanizing. For 350 years now, there's been a very dominant philosophy of the physical being more important than the mind and the mind being the spiritual, the non-physical, however you want to look at it. And when when we do this, we cause a lot of problems. And this is why we have an over-referral for ADHD and and, and ADD. And and, and I'm not even going to get into the other mental health issues. We we will handle that in future podcasts. But for now, we can't just become lazy. We can't just say, oh, it's my ADHD speaking. Oh, I have ADD. That's why I argue or get cross or get uh, or can't do my work or I, I can't do this or we ca- have got to stop using labels as excuses and we've got to stop thinking there's a quick fix in the in the form of a tablet when we take these these psychotropic medications like Adderall and Vyvanse and Ritalin these are very very dangerous medications in fact they're so dangerous that I will be doing a podcast and a series of podcasts on the dangers of psychotropics so I'm not going to discuss that in this podcast and I will get um, various other experts on on with me to talk about these the dangers of these medicate these these drugs. In the meantime, if you want to find out more while you're waiting for the podcast, you can go to my webpage, drleaf.com. You can go to the scientific FAQs where I talk about mental health and I talk about uh, this a, a lot about the medications and I have a huge reference base, links, citations, um, web pages, pages that I follow that will be extremely helpful for you to find out information on this. Um, so let's talk about now a little bit more about the fact that we have we have to use our minds we have to stop being lazy that it's good old-fashioned hard work that in order for you to concentrate you're not you know taking a pill is not doing the work just think of when you have concentrated well just think of the time that you've actually managed to sit down and you know write that great essay or get that work project done what did it take you know you you, maybe it's something that you really loved or something you really had to do you sat down you made the decision with your mind to sit down to read that information to do that task to fulfill what you were supposed to fulfill and you did that and if you if I'll just give the example that if you most of the time we are able to do this and we realize it's hard work so we've got to be very careful in falling under pressure society's pressure of labeling and drugging to get somewhere so I give the example of my I have four children and the profiles that I developed in my practice I developed out of a desperate need to help my patients so 30 years ago when I started in this field I 
I was trained to do all these diagnostic procedures and, and very intense, in-depth ones. But I really wanted to understand how people uniquely thought about themselves. Like the quote that I gave you at the beginning of this of this podcast of the of the teacher that I was training who said that there's something you can do that no one else can do. And so I at the before I did all my diagnostic testing, which took a long time, I first did a, a developed a profile based on my scientific research that helped to understand how you think. And that would give me my first step because I first wanted to understand how you think and then then what I also developed and my majority of my um, techniques were built around a five-step process that I developed that I call the switch on your brain five-step learning process very scientific based on my research based on neuroscience psychoneuroimmunology quantum physics uh, theories on metacognition psychology education communication many 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 different fields and out of that I developed a technique that I applied in multiplicity of different ways and um, to help people to realize um, that learning is not a quick fix how do you learn well you learn 24 7 you're always learning during the day you're thinking to build thoughts and building memories and at night time you sort those out and this is not some quick fix thing it's hard work and yes you will get distracted and yes you will lose concentration and yes you will move around or do whatever it is that you do but there's, a, there's five basic processes that we go to to build memory and a lot of this information I'm, I have put into books and I'm writing, always writing new books and resources at drleaf.com you can find my five step switch on your brain learning process which is a book and DVD which is a very simple adaptation of these techniques that you can use for yourself your children which will teach you how to concentrate how to focus how to take the time to sit down what do you do when you sit down and you've got a, an exam to learn for when you've got a paper to write or you've got a book to read that you have to present something on or you've got a document for work or you've got something that you have to a project you're working on at work how do you do that it's five steps how do you pay attention how do you get the information in your head how do you think through to understand the information what do you write down how much do you write down your brain goes through five basic steps in in processing information to build a memory so as humans we are always think always building memory learning is the process of building memory you're either learning well and building useful memory in order to be alive and function in your day-to-day life as mom father wife husband business owner whatever it is that you do in the multiplicity of roles that you fulfill you're always thinking you're always building memory you're always learning but you can do it well or you can do it badly so my five steps switch in your brain learning process teaches you based on the science of how the brain builds how the mind builds memory into the brain how you can do that um i also have another resource called the perfectly you online program that has one of these profiles that i talked about in it that is very easy to apply that will help you learn how you think because how you think has a massive impact on how you learn and how you build memory they go hand in hand so that's called the perfectly you it's an online program that you can do on your computer your iphone and your smartphone anything like that any smart tablet and you can pick that up at www.perfectlyyou.com and there's also my book the perfect you that explains a lot about how you think uniquely as an individual the philosophy the science the theology and there's a profile in there as well as in addition to a whole lot of exercises to help you to train yourself to focus and to concentrate so what i would do with my patients when they came in and parents would come and or sometimes you know i worked with a lot of adults as well is they would generally say i can't concentrate i can't focus i'm battling to learn i'm battling with my memory i'm battling to communicate my idea that kind of stuff and the first thing i do would be to fill in this profile that i've just referred to and then i would take an extensive case history about a person's life so i'm telling you this to tell you you can do this for yourself you can do 
your own, you can do the profile. I've just given you the resources. You can do your own case history. So what are you going to ask yourself? Okay, start with what do, you, what do you eat? What's your diet like? Diet plays a massive role in concentration. If you're living on a diet currently called the MAD, the MAD diet, the modern American diet, well, that means that you're eating a diet of processed foods and chemicals and, and non-organic pro- products, and these damage the brain. I have written extensively about this in my book called Think and Eat Yourself Smart, which has extensive information about what we do to our brain brain and our concentration and our learning when we eat incorrectly and I explain how to actually understand what's wrong with our current system of eating and how we can beat that how we can so uh, what's wrong with our current system the impact of this on our brain our learning our cognition our concentration and then how we can beat that how we can learn to eat real food that is local and sustainable. I mean, this is not just a fancy trend. This is reality. If you go into your mind works through your brain, and if you don't look after the physical nature of your brain and your body, your mind is working through a broken substance or a damaged substance which in itself is going to cause learning problems. So I would always, always ask those questions, find out about the diet of my patients, and I would change that. It would be one of the first things that I would do. What's also very important is how much do you move? Are you doing exercise? You don't have to do anything fancy. You can, you've got two legs. You can just walk. You can do whatever. There are a multitude of options, and there is endless research out there on the importance of exercise for the brain. I mean, for example, when you do exercise, when you're moving around, when you run up and down the stairs instead of walk up and down the stairs, when you park your car far and you have to walking to the shops instead of parking right close by when you go to the different gyms and pilates and all these different exercise classes or whatever it is that you do you are circulating the blood through your brain and your body you are increasing the oxygen levels in that blood which feeds into your brain you're increasing oxygen and blood to your brain which increases cognitive flexibility which means you can think you can feel you can choose with with intelligence you can process you can concentrate better when when you eat things like um, the modern american diet you get something i mean a multitude of things go wrong but let me explain one of the reasons why it affects concentration. For example, you get um, something called AGEs, which stands for a big word. And what essentially that means is that sugar, um, the, 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 the damaged sugar, fats and proteins of the modern American diet will cross the blood-brain barrier and the proteins, the good proteins in the brain, grab that bad food, that bad, those bad, those damaged um, substances, damaged molecules, and they grab them and to, pr- to protect your brain and they form these like little, almost like gum blobs in your in your neurons of your brain with electromagnetic impulses fire as you're thinking and that also and, and it literally impacts on the effectiveness of the signal passing through your brain it also creates a disruption in the chemical balance in the brain and it creates a quantum imbalance so the energy of the brain changes and that affects concentration immediately that affects memory building immediately because the little structures where memory is built get damaged by the AGEs and that causes major problems as well so diet a very very big factor as well and I strongly recommend that in your when you, as you do your your diagnostic um, biography of, of your life that you, you you really strongly consider you know, your diet your exercise um, then also your your the other things related to lifestyle are things like you know, how are you managing stress you know stress is very good for you when you stress keeps you focused stress keeps you alert so when you've got to hand in that paper prepare for that exam do that do whatever it is that you need to do for work you've got to be in this high alert state with today's current society people don't like feeling in that pressurized state so immediately the reaction is we've almost been trained by media and by the incorrect science that's been given to us that as soon as we feel uncomfortable we must there's a problem but no uncomfortable doesn't mean that there's a problem uncomfortable means that you actually just need to put in a little bit of effort that that uncomfortable means you're going to a new stage of 
learning. You're learning more information. It's a sign that it's a sign to yourself that maybe you need to consider diet, exercise, um, how you're emotionally looking at that situation. We mustn't be scared of discomfort. We mustn't be scared of change. We mustn't be scared of the discomfort that you will experience as you're about to learn. Let me give you a simple example. Any athlete that trains, they go through pain before they gain. We all know that. No gain, no pain, no gain. We all understand that when it comes to sports and things like that, it's never an issue. But when it comes to the mind, we have such a different attitude as society. So society basically basically says, well, if there's pain, kind of go take a tablet. But that's not the case. The same pain that you experience as you train to be an athlete, as you learn the next level of skill in whatever it is that you're learning, whether you're preparing for a marathon, whether you're preparing for the Winter Olympics, whether you're preparing just to walk five miles instead of three miles, you will experience pain. And that's the same thing with learning. We have to understand that a huge part of this ADHD epidemic is that people are too scared to apply themselves or too lazy to apply themselves beyond the level of pain. It takes effort. It takes a time. I spend two to three hours a day studying in my field just to keep up to date with my field, to keep up to date with the content of my field. It requires that I sit down, that I actually focus, that I read, that I think, that I apply my five steps. I've disciplined myself. I've brought my four children up like that. I've brought my four children up to study and learn and apply themselves. Doesn't mean that it always works. Doesn't mean that there are days that you don't feel like doing it. And doesn't mean that there's days where your concentration levels off. But that's also then when we consider, have we done exercise? Have we eaten properly that day? Did we go to bed late? Did we get sufficient sleep? All those factors as well. What's also helped me tremendously, and, and um, I'm going to end off with this point now, is the, that doing the profile on my four children has really helped me to understand them and to help them to understand themselves. So just very quickly, for example, my one daughter, the way that she really pays attention and starts the learning process, remembering that the learning process requires that you move through seven types of thinking um, every few seconds in order to process a thought. And all of every human uses all seven different types of thought to process information. My youngest daughter tends to pay attention through moving. My second eldest daughter tends to pay attention through a more visual mode, like looking away and almost daydreaming. And these are totally different modes of paying attention but that's only the first of seven steps there's still six more steps that they'll go through so please don't think that you're only one the point i'm making is that my two girls are different of my four children these two girls i'm just giving the examples so i know that when the one daughter is looking away she's concentrating and i know when the other daughter's wiggling i know she's concentrating but in a school environment both of them could have been labeled adhd if i hadn't gone and explained that these children know what they're doing and their grades showed that they were coping very well so it was a matter of educating the educating the teachers, educating yourself, getting knowledge will help you. We can all learn how to learn. Thank you. This is Dr. Caroline D.